this is Brooklyn Dunn, and right now I just want you to clear your mind, open your ears, and come live in the moment with me. Hey everyone, welcome back to Live in a Moment. This is Brooklyn Dunn. So by the time that you're hearing this, it is election day. I really hope everyone voted. Um, I know that we're all dealing with a lot of anxiety right now, or maybe not all, but a lot of people are dealing with anxiety right now, especially in the state that the country is in, um, with the political environment and the um, coronavirus. Everything is just crazy right now. The state of Illinois, um, certain counties and cities are not able to dine in in restaurants or bars, um, which is going to cost people their jobs um, because it's cold right now in the Midwest. You know, last week it rained really heavy and then two days later it snowed and the next thing you know the sun was out. So I really don't know what the weather is doing. But when I wake up in the morning, it is cold. So you can't dine outside anymore. So if you're not able to dine outside, they're just expecting people to what? Have carry out? Like these businesses are going to end up either failing or closing if this keeps happening. But at the same time, I know that people need to be safe. So we just have to take the safety measures for what they are, abide by them and move on. But I really hope everyone voted. Um, I really hope that things get better for this country. Oh, Lord, please look after us because we definitely need you right now. Uh, but to go into my segment of upbeat moments and also what I'm not wasting my time on. So bad news first. <laughs> or at least how I like it. Not necessarily bad news. But because it's getting cold out, I definitely need a protective style. I decided to do box braids. And I spent all of Sunday doing these box braids. My entire day. I woke up at 4.40 a.m. with, like, enraging, itchy scalp Monday morning. 4.40 a.m., two hours before I needed to get out of bed, I'm waking up with the itchy scalp. And mind you, throughout the night, I was waking up and my scalp was itching. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And I spent an hour taking my entire head down after it took me the entire day to do it. So I wasn't exactly too happy about that. I'm 50 bucks. Um, I mean, 50 bucks isn't necessarily a lot of money, depending on your finances, but it definitely could have gone to something else. My entire Sunday could have gone to something else, but that's neither here nor there. I can't waste my time on it. Um, I guess I have some type of allergy to synthetic hair now growing up I used to get braids all the time so I have no idea why my scalp is acting the way it is but it had been six years since I had gotten um well no it's been over six years it had been over six years since I had worn weave and in September I got box braids and a week after I got them done um the pain had stopped like my scalp wasn't as sore but then the itching became unbearable so I had to take them down like what two weeks earlier than what I normally would have for those box braids but I was out like over 200 bucks at that point 
because I paid somebody else to do it and I had to buy the hair. This time I had the hair. I rinsed it with apple cider vinegar and washed it and just kept rinsing it and it didn't work. So I guess weave may just not be for me and I'll figure out other protective styles for my natural hair. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, cause at the end of the day, there's nothing I can do about it. All I have to do is go to work and make back that $50. And also for the time, I mean, the time is gone, so I can't really harp on it. It is what it is at this point. Um, for an upbeat moment for two nights in the row, I was able to sleep good, surprisingly, um, for over a month now, I just haven't been able to sleep. And I don't know if it's because of anxiety with everything that's going on or what it is. But I would go to bed at like 1 a.m. And then I'd wake up at 6 a.m. Or about 5.40 a.m. And then I don't get out of bed till 7. But I'm not really sleeping. And of course, like when you're not sleeping and I'm only getting about barely five hours of sleep or a little bit um, more or less than that, then I wake up in the morning and I try to drink coffee, hoping that that jump starts my day, and then it doesn't. So, I mean, I try my best to be productive throughout the day, but I either end up with a headache or I just don't feel well, and then the cycle just kept repeating. So, um, I definitely was able to sleep Saturday nights. I was exhausted after spending the entire day doing my hair, so that probably helped. I am going to try my best to go to bed in between 10 to 11 o'clock at night, but so far, that is my upbeat moment. You could tell <laughs> I must be old if I'm appreciating sleep because nobody young definitely does. Anywho, so uh, today's topic is going to be about business. And I didn't want to talk about it by myself, so I had to bring on a friend. So I spoke with Antoine Twist Taylor, who has a podcast called Mogul Motivation. He is also a professional photographer, and he has owned his own business for the past, I believe, eight years now. He is a self-taught photographer, and with his podcast, he pretty much educates and empowers entrepreneurs one week at a time. So if you need motive, and it's not just about entrepreneurship, like he's, a lot of his episodes are really just about empowering people and um, motivating people and really just, you know, having you muster up the courage for whatever you're trying to um, do and accomplish in life. So if you ever just need like positive things to listen to, definitely check out his podcast. I am going to link all the information in the description box of this episode. So here's my interview with Antoine Twiz Taylor. Yo, Twiz, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Man, I'm good. This week has just been kind of so I don't know if you listened to my last podcast episode, but you ever get into that mindset of paycheck to paycheck? Oh yeah, I do. So caught up thinking about your next paycheck that you can't really like live in the moment and enjoy. So for the past two weeks, like um, my days have been longer because mm -hmm. I'm not hyped up thinking about the next time I'm gonna get paid. So mm -hmm. I'm really just trying to check off everything on my to-do list of what I got going on and just really hone in on that on a daily basis. So, I mean, it's been pretty, you know, it's been pretty chill. I understand like, that. Switching my mindset around. 
I understand that 110%. It's, it's like a loop and a trap that people can fall into mentally. Man. And I try to like budget my monies where I'm just like, okay, I got this much to last me for the next two weeks. You know, just focus on what you got going on, find something to do, and then just do it. <laughs> so right. when I yep. myself out, yep. um, I was like, oh, what new activity can I do today? Let me go. I'm in- <laughs> so now that Netflix got all the shows that we grew up watching, uh, my little sister is 12. So I've been watching uh, Sister Sister with her. So she's mm-hmm. always, you want to watch Sister Sister? So it's like coming home from work. I got Sister Sister. You know, I can't stress out while watching <laughs> that show. Right. Uh, you know, and Netflix actually is they they did that smart because when Disney Plus came out, obviously Disney took all of their content off of there, and Disney is Disney. They got content for days, um, so Disney Plus is going to continue to grow. And Netflix really sucks when it comes to uh, new content. Like their new content sucks. That's just my opinion. It's not the reflection of you or your podcast, but I just think Netflix sucks when it comes to making new shows. So. It's very smart that they're getting all these older shows on their platform so they can get the older demographic that's getting older, like, you know, us older millennials, and they can get the young Generation Z or I'm not sure what they're called. But Man, I don't really understand all that stuff, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to millennials and Z yeah. and X and A, B, C, D, F, G, whatever. Um, right. <laughs> but, I mean, it is smart. Now, granted, I can't agree because some of their content has been good. And then I think it's like people who come up with movies and they approach Netflix with it. Mm-hmm. I wish they did a study group with some of these movies. And I don't want to say which ones, but it's just... I'm tired of saying like played out storyline BS. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's just it's just too much. Yeah, like it's, it's I old. need I need fresh like we really need people that's like 18. If you gotta get a 12 year old in the room, by all means, please do it and see if they'll watch it or what they have to say about it. Like somebody young and fresh, like maybe not an right. actual 12 year old, but I don't know. I just need more ideas instead of the same recycled ideas over and over and over absolutely absolutely <laughs> like uh shonda rhimes is on netflix now she got to deal with netflix so we'll see what she got coming but i feel you though you know the young talent is necessary because you know um yeah you just like netflix had like three of the same movies at one point on netflix but they was all different movies but they was the same movie. so it's like come on now come on it's like scream better please but yeah. you know with the state of the world right now, like, how are you, like, really doing, like, on a personal level? Is, like, everything good? Are you finding ways to, you know, just cope? Like, how are you doing with that? I'm doing good. Um, You know, obviously, everybody, I, I feel like everybody has some type of level of uh, pandemic depression. I think that's what it's being called. Um, I think we all have that to a degree because we're living through things that we ain't lived through before. I think the last time something like this happened was like what they said, 1918 with the Spanish flu or whatever. None of us wouldn't even thought about it. My grandma wasn't even born. But um, so it's still like a mental adjustment. But I think I can personally say I'm doing better than um, what I used to be. Like, of course, I still had my lows, my bumps, my bruises, no doubt. Um, but overall, I can say my life is good right now um compared to how it was almost a year ago so um you know i'm blessed to say that but i do understand it won't be the same case for a lot of other people um you know 
2020 is either the best of times or the worst of times or a little bit in between, depending on how you look at it. So it's just uh, we just got to keep praying for each other, praying for ourselves. And, you know, um, I think we'll get through it together. But to answer your question, I'm doing good at the moment. You know, that's good. That's good. It's really just finding like at least healthy ways to cope. I know a lot of people have gained weight. I mean, you're not as scrawny as you normally look. On ha, ha, <laughs> yeah. Still skinny, still skinny. Um, but yeah, not, not as skinny as I used to be, you know, like we all been eating. I mean, I, right. surprisingly, I haven't gained weight during this whole time. That's good. Um, however, I just haven't lost any. Mm-hmm. But I think it comes from me being overseas because um, on the island, I had to cook more. And then I also have more access to fresh produce. So I'm going Mm -hmm. into, you know, farmer's markets and getting, you know, I have my tomato lady and, you know, getting peppers. So I've always cooked with or I've been cooking for over a year now with tomatoes, um, pepper, um, onions and garlic and almost everything I cook with. And so I'm like now coming back into the States. I cannot eat fast food the way mm-hmm. that I used to because it either backs me up or it hurts my stomach. Yeah. And also for some reason I can't eat eggs no more. And that's pissing me off because I, <laughs> like granted growing up, I did not like eggs. Like I would cook them in the house. Um, if I, if I was made to eat them, I put some syrup on it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I didn't really like eggs, but on the Island it's like, you know, we had a set budget um, that Peace Corps gave us. We had a stipend, and some monthly stipend. Mm-hmm. So you use up all that money, you SOL. And well, not necessarily like, you know, you have either people helping you out or you can go to them and ask them for money if you absolutely needed it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like I was eating whatever was in my uh, cabinet. I would just bring it out and I would make it into something. And eggs was like pretty cheap. I had a lady who sold eggs across the street from me and I was eating the brown eggs. And I think it's something, it's the way that they feat their chickens there. Yeah. That it has to be different from where we do it here. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I'm eating the eggs and I didn't know that eggs weren't supposed to be white. I didn't realize I, like someone had to explain that to me that it's really? a mutation for it. No, they're oh, supposed to be brown. Oh. You yeah. can tell it's a like white eggs are a mutation. Like um however they're feeding the chickens is what causes the eggs to be white. It's something like that. But eggs are not naturally supposed to be white. They're supposed to be brown. So that's why if you ever go into a grocery store, brown eggs are more expensive than the white ones. Wow. You can go and get a carton for like $1.39.99 or something like that, depending on the brand. Brown Mm -hmm. eggs, they want like $3.50, $3.29, and it'll say free range or grass fed. Just something like that. So I was, I don't, and I've eaten the brown eggs here and they still made me puke. And I'm not even meaning like, you know, the food had time to digest. It had two minutes before, like it was just out my system where I'm just like, okay. And it was easy. I would eat eggs for breakfast. I would eat it for lunch. I would Mm -hmm. eat it for dinner. It's cost efficient. And so now I'm like, I would eat eggs with like, I would make like not necessarily an omelet, but imagine a deconstructed omelet and then fry some plantains and eat with that and that was my favorite thing to eat for breakfast and i can't eat it no more and it's pissing me off i'm so sorry to hear that <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that's that's america for you though that's america for you man like, everything is fake everything is watered down ain't nothing authentic here nothing 
No, for real. So now it's like I haven't been gaining weight during this whole time, but it's like, okay, so what can I do to lose weight? Because now that I'm back in the U.S., it's like everything has sugar in it and I have a... Huh, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. Trust me. I get it. Like, I don't get the situation, but I get it. Like, when it comes to this food stuff, I get it. Trust me. But that's because you don't gain weight, so, you know. I mean, yeah, but, you know, I, I get <laughs> it, though, like, because try to be cognizant of what you eat and, you know, just, you know, it's just, it sucks to eat in America. It really does. Like, you really just see the difference. And, um, the people, the family that, so what they have in Peace Corps, they put you in a host family and these people are supposed to be your guide while you're in the community that you're working in, um, mm -hmm. in the country that you're in. And so the family and I was kind of with, you know, they have what um, on the island is pretty much what's called like the green mix or it's pretty much uh, green seasoning. I'm sorry. So you blend like thyme. They have um, another thing of time called ticky time so you have time ticky time garlic um you know bell peppers and oregano and they're they're pulling this from their garden and then going straight to the kitchen so from your front yard to your kitchen like mm. instead of you know i went to go grab some seasoning out of my cabinet somebody was just like yeah we don't use that here i'm like what wow. do you use and and if you really look at seasonings, there's a lot of salt in it as well. So, I mean, that's another thing where I'm like, okay, I need natural flavors, which is the reason why I love to cook with um, onions and garlic and tomato and pepper, just to get that freshness in there mm -hmm. um, each time that I cook. But I mean, I've used the green seasoner, at least try to make it here. I'm not going to have everything that they had over there, but just trying to use more fresh ingredients has like really helped a lot. So coming back to the U.S. and trying to eat stuff, I'm like, man, how was I eating before I left? Right. Man. It's deep. <laughs> it's deep. Now, but let's get into it. So tell me where you're from again. I'm from Markham. Markham, Illinois. It's like a south suburb of Chicago. About south 15, Chicago. Yeah, like 15 minutes south of Chicago. Okay, so for me, I'm from Chicago. I'm from the south side of Chicago, but then it's like I moved around so much. It Same here. To really claim a side of Chicago. Like I started to claim West Side, but it's like now that I think about it, I can't even really claim it because we were on the south side of Chicago. Um, well, my dad had an apartment on 62nd and Drexel, and I okay. went to um, a preschool called True Believers. And afterwards, I don't remember where I went to kindergarten, but I got sent to Madison, which is a south suburb, um, yeah. to live with my grandparents for two years. And then I came back to the south side, and I was at a school called Evangelical Christian School. It was, this, was, this was when it was back on 87th and Aberdeen. And the new building, I think, is on 41st or 40th um, Street in Vincent. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it looks like anymore. But then after that, we went to like Forest Park for like a little bit. And then I went to school in Wicker Park. And then we lived near Greektown. And then it's just like West Side and then further west until we moved to Aurora. So it's like, what side of... I just have to claim Chicago. Yeah, yeah, point. yeah. I was, I was going to say that's really like the best way because you, you was literally all over the place. You was literally like, all over the south side, yeah. all over the west side. You was all over the place. Like, see, with me, like, um, when you said you moved around a lot, I initially agreed, but now I can't even agree because 
you definitely moved around a lot. Like you was, you know, Madison, Forest Park, 87 Avenue, you know, you was all over the place. Me, it was like all over the place, but in the same location. Like, so technically, uh, if you want to ask my true, uh, where am I truly from? It would be Riverdale. Because that's where I lived when I was, you know, in kindergarten up to like third grade. Um, but then we moved around to like Harvey, uh, moved around to like Blue Island, Oak Forest, things like that. Um, the reason why I claim Markham is because that's where I always would end up. My aunt lived in Markham and that's where all my childhood friends are from in Markham. Uh, so like I would always go over there to visit during the week on the weekends. And then ultimately I ended up just living there, um, when it came to, uh, time for me to go to high school. So that's why Markham is considered my home. So I get it. Like we, we moved around a lot too. You know, like moving around so much, it's hard to get plugged into a community because um, like in Madison, you know, I got to play outside. But, you know, when I right. moved back with my mom on the south side, I think we didn't live too far from the borderline of Indiana. It's like wherever that White Castle is, um, borderline Indiana, I think is semi. I really don't know. Yeah, Some, I don't know. I, like, I, I know the area, but I would have to like drive over there to tell you. you know? right. I'm really bad with directions. But anyways, um, it's kind of hard to plug into community because I wasn't an outside kid. Like I could be outside at other people's houses, but mm -hmm. I couldn't do that at my house. If the one time I tried to go outside and I knew somebody, my mom was like, the F are you doing? And it's like, okay, mm. go back inside now. Uh, <laughs> go back mm -hmm. inside. So, I mean, and even here in Aurora, because I'm so used to being like inside trying to plug into community, like um, it's kind of hard to do so. But, you know, in the Caribbean, because everybody is like so community oriented, it's like I'm trying to carry that back with me so I can plug into the community and get to know people and patron the local businesses and whatnot. So because it was hard moving out to Aurora, being from Chicago. I'm like, you know, there's so much to do in Chicago, but it's, you get tired of traveling back and forth. So yep. it's like, I got to find friends here. And then you yeah. find friends here, but then, it you know. Because Aurora and Naperville, that ain't no, uh, that's not around the corner. That's an hour drive with no traffic. It is. And then, no uh, Grand, and this is without a car. So I used to take the Metro. Oh, yeah, you was out here. I mean, and it would be like an hour train ride. And then you also got to factor in me getting on the CTA. So, and I would, granted, I would do it. Um, but then after a while, that stuff started to like, I ain't doing this no more. It's either y'all gonna come see me or I'm just giving friends and right. we can talk on Facebook and leave it at that. <laughs> that. Absolutely. Because out here, you have to have a car. Like there's, you know, Chicago, you got all type of buses you got the trains running all type of hours out here there's only so many buses mm -hmm. and they run from like i think seven some in the morning to six thirty mm. p.m yeah that's early like certain buses and i'm just like this ain't gonna work for me yeah that's too early nah but it's just yeah it's just too much so but moving on, though, um, what do you do for a living? Like, I know you have uh, your photography and you do videography, too, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. That's like secondary. OK, so what made you get into photography? Um, Everybody just kept asking me, do I take pictures? That's really what it is. Uh, I started out as, video as a videographer, so I wanted to you know, make videos, not music videos, but like, you know, uh, documentaries, corporate videos, things like that. 
and that's still the goal uh, later down the line. But in that process, after I graduated from college, like everybody just kept asking if I took pictures, if I took pictures, because I had a camera. And I'll always tell them, no, nah. but it got to a point where people kept asking me, I'm like, all right, I need to figure out how to take pictures because this is a lot of money I'm missing out on. So I just really started watching YouTube videos. Um, I'll never forget it. Uh, Digital Photography 101 with Mark Wallace. You can go on YouTube right now. He's got like 200 episodes. Um, and this was before YouTube really got popular like it is now. You know, everybody got a YouTube page teaching something. This dude was really thoroughly breaking down the art of photography and how to take pictures. And I would just watch his videos, take my camera, go outside and take horrible pictures and, you know, keep trying. And that's literally how I got into photography. This was 2011, 2012. Um, my grandmother was in the nursing home at the time. And I would go visit her every day, every other day. And so since... I was there all the time. My family was there all the time. We would get to know the staff. And my grandma was very popular. You know, she, you know, everybody loved her. They called her Sugar Mama. Um, so, <laughs> so because um, I was there every day, you know, obviously the CNAs and all them knew who I was. And my grandma started telling him, you know, he take pictures. He take pictures. Like one of them was engaged. One of the CNAs was oh, engaged. Grandma. And, um, she was like, yeah, he, my nephew, uh, my grandson take pictures, blah, blah, blah. And imagine at this point, I'm still not even all that good. You know, I'm like, yo, relax. <laughs> like, don't be telling everybody. I don't know what I'm doing yet. But, you know, she kept plugging me. And then one of the CNAs hired me to do her wedding, um, paid me $300. And I took the pictures and they liked them. So that was my first paid wedding. You know, uh, it was August 2012. And it was because my grandma kept plugging me. So, um you know, that's how it really got started. And every year I just kept getting better. Business, you know, would hit slow points, low points. Um, but I just kept at it. And now I'm grateful here I am 10 years later with full confidence. I can say I'm a professional photographer. I ain't got to, you know, be all timid with my grandma, you know, telling everybody in the room. Um, I'm a professional photographer. That's the main uh, portion of my business. I'm also a published author. I have a book that I published in summer 2018 called Board Games. It's a corporate drama with black people um, fighting over, you know, things, petty things that, you know, people usually do in the business world. That's on Amazon. It was number one on the Amazon best, not bestsellers list, but the new release bestsellers list. I got to be specific about that. Um, and I'm also a podcaster. I have a, a podcast, Mogul Motivation. I have about 265 episodes of that. So those three things make up the core of my business. So the answer to the question in simple terms would be uh, I'm a creative professional. I guess that encompasses everything that I just talked about. But photography is the primary portion of that business. Okay. Um, you have another book, though. It wasn't just board games. I just actually purchased, I think, the first book you released on Amazon yeah, the ebook. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, because I I haven't read it yet. It once I get done with the book that I'm reading now, that was like my next one. Um, but it's pretty much about affirmations, right? What made you write that one? Um, yeah, it's an affirmation ebook. It's real short. Um, the motivation behind that was some of those affirmations are things I had to tell myself uh, during my dark periods as an entrepreneur. So. Um, I just felt like I could just 
put all of these in a book. Cause I used to write poems as well. I used to write poems a lot in high school and college. So um, I just told myself, you know, I need to just get creative and just put all this in a book and put it out there and see who likes it and see who it helps. And that's basically was the premise behind that. It was real short. Um, so yeah, technically that is the first book that I put out, uh, 100 Deposits. Um, then it came Board Games, which is obviously a fiction novel. I'm working on Board Games 2 right now. Uh, that should be published soon. I'm not going to say when because I don't know when, <laughs> but soon that should be published, Board Games 2. And I'm also working on yet another book that will be out in the near future as well. Um, I also have another podcast that I'm going to launch. It's called Sociology. That's uh, about basically the history, the impact, and the culture of Chicago. So someone like you who lived all over Chicago, I'm sure you can definitely relate to this podcast. It's basically for anybody who loves Chicago, who loves everything about Chicago. Um, so that's basically more things I got coming through the pipeline as well. Okay, I am such a huge fan of mogul motivation. Um, you're, I, when was this? I, no, this was last year. I believe at the beginning of last year, I started listening to it. And I don't know what made me get into, um, you know, listening to podcasts, but I guess I would see people or you post about it a lot. And I was, you know, I had an iPhone, so I was like, okay, let me listen mm -hmm. to it. And I was really trying to, I needed positive um things in my life. And so listening to podcasts, uh, you know, in the morning versus me instantly getting on social media, because I feel like getting on Facebook, a lot of times um, I would scroll and then I would just see something uh, yep. horrific and it would just mess up my entire mood. Mm -hmm. So in the morning, you know, I try not to get on social media. I would instantly just play a podcast and because, you know, I'm late to your, I was late to your podcast at the time. I just pretty much had them going back to backs. And because, you know, your podcast um, episodes are in between typically about six and possibly 10 minutes. Yep. Um, I was listening in the morning to about three to four in the morning. I would listen to them while I was cleaning, you know, wake up in the morning, even when I come home and I have things to do. And I'm like, let me just listen to this and just block out the rest of the world. So your podcast definitely helped me a lot. And I was just like, I don't even have a business, but it took me from me, um, you know, not seeing myself as a business owner, but it's also, um, you know, motivational to where I'm actually working on something to start a business. Um, so it's very uh, motivational. So thank you for your podcast. You know, I don't know how many things you get, but thank you for I, listening. I appreciate it because mm -hmm. um, your content is like really good and it's fresh and it's, it's really golden. Um, it's positive, like positivity, like positive material. You're pretty much in a world where a lot of things go wrong. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I know you say a lot of times this podcast was for you, um, but can you talk a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, listening and subscribing. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, the the purpose of Mogul Motivation was, um, you know, people don't know it actually started out as a blog. Like, uh, Mogul I used Motivation to write started. Blog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It started out as a blog, but I don't like writing though. You know, we just talked about all those books that I written and currently are cur currently writing i really don't like writing you know uh but i can talk all day so that's why the blog kind of phased out and you know i'm just always a positive person i love uplift you know i love um feeling uplifted and i love giving that you know um i like making people 
not feel but know that they can do whatever they want to do. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a real tragedy and it's depressing that a lot of people go through life truly feeling that they're stupid or that they can't do X, Y, and Z. Like that's, it's, it's a tragic, it's, it's, tra- it's tragic, you know? Um, so at the core of who I am, I just like giving uplift. I like motivating people. You know, you ask anybody who really knows me, they would, they would tell you about that. Um, so I was like, you know what? I need to continue to get back to who I am and doing what I do. And I need to um, just do a podcast. So yeah, like a lot of the stuff is things that I needed to hear for myself, but I know I'm not the only one that was going through the struggles I was going through. And people need to know that they're not the only one. And when you realize that you're not the only one suffering, it becomes easier to talk about it. A lot of us don't want to talk about suffering or depression and all that because we think we're the only ones going through it. We think something is wrong with us. No, everybody else is going through it too. Um, so that's really why I started Mogul Motivation because I wanted to just remind people you're not alone and we're going to get through it and you're going to be successful. I'm going to be successful. And if no one knows and no one tells you, I'm going to tell you. So I started that January, 2016. I think I have about, I think this will be episode 266 coming up next week. Um, I love consistency in all things. And I try my best to be consistent. So I had to remain consistent with this and I'm going to remain consistent with it. That's why I started Mogul Motivation. That's why I continue to work on growing Mogul Motivation. Um, I got some things in the future lined up. Uh, it's a lot of things I want to do with it because the brand itself, and I have to really talk to myself about this. The brand of Mogul Motivation itself really ain't even about entrepreneurship or business. Even though I'm an entrepreneur, even though I talk about entrepreneurship and business a lot, it's not really about that. It's really just about achieving the goals that you want, the goals that you set for yourself. So having said that, like one of the things I want to do with the brand going forward is I want to incorporate schools with it, um, particularly black students. So since we graduated from PWIs. I don't want to exclude the black students at PWIs, so I had to figure out a way how can I make this, you know, all inclusive. And it's just for black students. There's no shade to white students, Asian students, but they got their spaces. This is dedicated to black students. I want to have a mogul motivation um college series where it's like, you know, cuz a lot of people are depressed in college too. You know, um you can graduate you know, you can get this degree, you can achieve the things you want to achieve when you went to college. So that's one thing I'm working on in the future, you know, once the world gets back to normal, hopefully it gets back to normal, is, you know, kind of like just, um, I don't want to say a road show, but just, you know, documenting black students at PWIs and HBCUs, the struggles that they face, you know, uh, black students at PWIs clearly got a lot of struggles um with the climate that we're in right now right you know with all the racial tension and things like that so just imagine the stuff that they're battling on campus um so mogul motivation is just all about staying consistent persevering and accomplishing the goals that you set for yourself regardless if that's in entrepreneurship or not as you're talking i can just hear your intro playing in my head that's how much i Ah. And you're talking and then your intro plays in my head and I'm like, this is bad. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. not bad, but like, that's how much I'm a 
like of a fan I am where I'm like mogul motivation education. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, hey, one of uh, <laughs> one of my friends like randomly started saying that one day, like I am your host. Like he just started mocking me. I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd be like that. Bye. Antoine Twiz Taylor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so professional, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, I need to um, do more stuff. And it's, you know, having a podcast isn't necessarily easy. Like for me, um, you know, going to school, I wanted to be like, I looked up to Lala Anthony, and I'm like, man, I, I want to be a TV personality, and I want to host a show, and you know, all those reality TV shows reunions, or I want to be on a red carpet interviewing people, and yeah. then I just kind of let my insecurities get the best of me, um, where I didn't pursue it the way that I should have, and constantly having people tell me, like, you know, you could do this, why aren't you doing it? And it's like, okay, so the way that my house was set up in the Caribbean, um, I didn't have an actual bathroom. Like it was mm -hmm. a two bedroom house, not two bedroom. It was a two room. So I have this big open space where it's the living dining room and kitchen. And mm -hmm. then there's, um, you walk past the curtain and I have a sink and a mirror and a shelf. And then I walk into, and it's my bedroom. I have my shower and then I have a stall for my toilet. So I would, <laughs> and if people go back and listen to like the earlier episodes, like I'm, my toilet would creak so much because I'm sitting mm. on the toilet while recording on my phone while mm. there are dogs bar barking outside because for some reason after six o'clock, they would always bark. And my mm. neighbors, I think had like four dogs and then you have the other dogs that are just roaming around. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it started to sound a lot better once my boyfriend bought me, um, you know, a microphone last year for my birthday. And now like it's, you know, upgraded me to where now I have, um, you know, headphones, yeah. but it's, you know, with the podcast, it's kind of hard to come up with material. I'm like, what do I talk about? And then I also find out my voice because I felt like, um, I don't know. Like when your podcast, you sound like yourself, but I code switch a lot and I code switch without even really thinking about it. So like I would talk like this and yeah. sound very in my customer service voice. And I had somebody tell me like, I'm gonna be honest. Why do you sound so white? Or I think someone told me that my podcast sounded dry. Uh -huh. And I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to agree with the whole white part, but the dry part, I definitely understood. And it's just like, you know, someone's telling me like, you know, when you are talking to somebody, your personality comes out and it's like, but I'm not going to always have somebody to talk to on my episode. So how do I bring, you know, the personality out? And that's, you know, sometimes it comes yeah. through and other times it doesn't. And they're trying to find like fresh material because I would have episodes that were about five minutes long. And they're like, well, why can't your podcast be longer? And I'm like, there's no pleasing everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, ain't ain't, ain't going to be no pleasing everybody. Yeah. That's why you just got to um, just do you. Just do you, man. Ain't, no, ain't going to be no pleasing everybody at all. There's always going to be somebody. So, yeah, just keep doing you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to formulate and come together. No, like for real, I appreciate that. But you know, you was one of my inspirations for starting it. And you know, thank you for the hookup, by the way, when it come came to my podcast logo. Because it Oh, no problem. I definitely um didn't imagine it being what it came out to be. And um I don't know if I say his name, but shout out to Lee. 
uh, McMiller for creating the podcast logo. I've actually yeah. like anytime I see on social media where somebody is saying like they need a logo or something, I automatically tag his website or just tag him in general. I even um I pretty much got my friend to get her business cards with him and her business cards came out extremely good because the person who said that they were going to do her business cards had been like lagging and I was like, you know what? I know somebody. I'm going to give this to you. And instantly I asked her what she wanted, pretty much told him and he did it the way things needed to be done. And her, they came out so good. Like I carry her business cards with me just to like, you know, hand out at some point. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very good. He's he's done all my graphic work for years. Uh, he did my podcast logo. He did my new podcast logo. He he did my book cover for uh, board games. Yeah, he's done all my graphic work. He's very professional. Okay, so getting into um, the matter at hand, though, what I wanted to talk about really is um, black people and you know owning business. Um, mm-hmm. For me. The reason why I started my videos or my reviews, Black and Small Bias with Brooklyn Done, was mainly because growing up, um, I didn't necessarily see um, Black people owning businesses. Now, my grandfather owned um, an IHOP in Madsen for a number oh. of years. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, and I used to. Yeah, we used to run around as kids around the IHOP. So I have like, you know, faint memories of that. But. And my stepdad has a carpet cleaning business. And so, you know, I see him and the hard, you know, work, the effort and the drive that he has for his business. And of course, you know, I see you. um, And that's mainly because, you know, we went to Western together, but I don't see like a lot of people. And I don't know if it's just me, but I know that I can't be the only one that either didn't grow up seeing it or just aren't used to seeing it. So I was like, okay, let me find businesses and I'm just going to promote them and I'll do a, um, a video review. And then I would also make like a little cute TikTok video, um, you know, just promoting the business, um, you know, free of charge, of course, like I, at some point I would like, you know, money for the things that I do, but mm-hmm. my main purpose right now is to just promote um, black businesses. And so, uh, with you being a black business owner, like what you, what are the um, struggles that come with it? What is the beauty of it? Um, you know, how do you feel about it? Like you talk about it on your podcast, but I mean, um, you know, I just want a little bit more about you personally. Like, how is it? Oh, uh, I think uh, a black business is radical at the root of it. You know, um, and I'm not trying to get fake deep, but uh, you know, this country has really intentionally pushed black people into poverty. Like, real talk. Like, it's, it's literally in black and white. Like, one of the uh, books that really changed my life, I was in a, I'm in a virtual book club. And um, one of the books that changed my life was, it's called The Color of Money, um, The History of Black Businesses and Black Banks. And in that uh, book, and the author, her name is, um, and I hope I don't really butcher her name like that but her name is dr mahersa barabon barandon dr mahersa barandon uh, i think i said it right <laughs> but the name of the book is the color of money black banks and a racial gap okay so in this book she details with great detail might i add how from 1865 when blacks were freed from that point up until now, this country has literally passed legislation after legislation, 
and put so many tactics and strategies in place to keep black people poor. All right. So having said all of that, black businesses are radical at the root of it because this country has never wanted blacks to accumulate wealth. This country has never wanted blacks to gain um, profits and status to provide for their families and their communities. So anytime someone like myself or you gets the courage to start a business, you're already being radical from the outset. And it becomes more and more radical when you grow that business and you get serious about that business and you continue to strengthen that business and that business has more network and more reach. Um, the struggles of black businesses still remain the same, though, that they did from back in the day, because blacks are still blacks still can't get access to capital as much as their white counterparts. Um, blacks still can't, you know, get some of the tax benefits, the tax breaks. Um, there's a huge corporation uh, building a warehouse in Markham, Illinois right now is going to open up next summer. I mean, next spring, 2021, they got an 80% tax abate from Cook County. And what that means is basically their property taxes will be reduced by 80%. Tell me a black business that will get that benefit. None. You know, so it's very difficult for black businesses to get these benefits that um, white businesses, white owned businesses or any type of ethnicity owned businesses get. It's very difficult uh, to start a business and to grow a business in 2021, but it's possible though, because we have been shown that it's possible. And this doesn't mean every black person needs to be an entrepreneur. But those of you who choose to be entrepreneurs and choose to start a business, understand that you're being radical from the outset. And therefore, since you're being radical, you might as well get something for being radical. You see what I'm saying? Like you might as well get the reward that you stro that you strive for yourself. That's the whole purpose of my podcast. Again, it's like you have to keep going. Like, don't let yourself down, don't let your family down, don't let your children down. You have to keep going as a black business owner. That's what's up. Um, in what ways do you support black businesses? Uh, I think you can support black businesses in many ways. Like obviously being a customer or client is one, but you know, just uh tagging them. So like you just mentioned um Lee, the graphic designer. You know, whenever someone is looking for a graphic designer, you mention them, you refer them. You know, that's supporting black business. Even if you're not really paying the money or, you know, purchasing a product or the service, you're putting them out there. Um, whenever someone needs this service or needs this product, you let them know that, hey, I know someone that does this. Uh, you share things on social media. Social media is huge now in 2020. You share posts, you know, or anything that they uh, put out for their business, you know, um, or you can just show up. Like if they're having an event, you know, you can just show up. You just come, you know, show face, support ask them is there anything you, they need help with there's so many ways you can help people and support black businesses you know you just got to really just put in the effort and in some cases it doesn't take any effort at all but as long as you're intentional about you know supporting this person it'd be easy it has just come natural for me, um, because I'm not necessarily used to seeing a lot of black businesses, I didn't necessarily know how to support. And so in April, um, I joined a Facebook group and mm -hmm. I'm not going to say the name of said group because I actually got blocked. <laughs> wow. Um, um, and I'm going to get into that in a minute, but in April, um, I decided, okay, I want to support, um, 
black businesses. Now, granted, I mean, I, I patron some and probably didn't really think about it. When I go get my hair done, you go to these braiding um, shops or hair salons. Um, the ones that I went to were typically black owned. So um, as far as being a client, you know, that is one. As far as showing up, um, I received um, an invite on Facebook to go to a pop-up shop in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Um, I was actually happy about it. I was like, okay. And I told my dad, I'm like, you know, we're going to make a day of this. And, you know, seeing these businesses and surprisingly, it was somebody from Western that invited me. I didn't know that she was the one that put it together. Um, and so I ended up seeing a lot of people from Western. So she put it together and pretty much put on everybody that she knew. So I'm seeing all of these faces and I'm like, I know you, I know yeah. you, I know you. That's dope. So it's like, hey, I'm doing this. Let me bring y'all along. Like, that's how it was. So I'm, you know, showing up like that's something I like to do. But I mean, at times people always complain that they don't take Black businesses seriously, mainly because of customer service. As far as the Facebook group that I got blocked from, um, I joined it in April. I was seeing these businesses and I had actually made purchases from the businesses that were within that group. And then the um, administrator, and I'm assuming the administrator was a woman because I, I don't think men do this. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that they don't. No, I got you. It, but yeah, I got you. There was a post where it was a status and it was a picture. It was a picture of a black man and what appeared to be, I believe the woman was white um, or she was of the lighter variety. So she could have been a Latina. I'm not sure. But she uh, was pregnant and she had the sash and I'm assuming it was a baby shower. So yeah. it's a black man standing next to her. Okay. You know, they're a couple. She's pregnant, whatever. But the status said... You're trying to join us, but are you really for us? 100% melanated babies matter. And I was confused because I'm like, this is supposed to be about business. So yeah. this black man is trying to join this group and you decide to go on his page, take a picture and pretty much post about it in said group. And like, well, he oh, can't well, defend himself. Yeah, um, for one, he can't defend himself, and for two, if this is supposed to be about business, why are we not keeping this about business? Because who mm -hmm. this man lays with, who he has a baby with, is his business. That's yep. that's a personal. This isn't about professional business. This man either had a black business. I mean, sorry, he's black. This man either had a business or wanted to patron businesses, yeah, and are yeah. now saying that he can't join because of who he impregnated. Yeah, she's egregious for that. You know, um, that that logic is very dangerous. And if we're going to keep it real, that logic isn't really for the advancement of black businesses or black community. It's really just um, it's hate. You know, that, that's that's what it is. It's hate and it's, and it's divisive. You know, um, Robert Smith, he paid off what? Morehouse class of 2018 student loans. The billionaire, the black billionaire, one of six black billionaires. His yeah, wife is white. That. His wife is white, so so are you saying his money shouldn't pay off these black men's student loans because his wife is white? Like we we just got to be real and think about how stupid that sounds. You know that has nothing to do with business. You you know you just wanted a platform. She wanted an opportunity to make herself feel better because of whatever insecurities she has, and ultimately is divisive. Because why are you posting something like that? in a black business group. If you really want to share that, if you really want to have something to say about that, send it in a private group chat with your friends. 
you know what I'm saying? But why are you putting that in this space? So yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And I got blocked, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that got blocked. But you know, I said um, I was just like, you should probably take this down before you start losing people, because and that's the only thing I said. And somebody was commenting saying, well, what's wrong with the statement? A hundred percent melanated baby batter babies matter and i'm you like it well, ain't got nothing to do like, with the it's not even that and i'm like first of all i'm not i don't have an issue with the the statement itself like you know there are a lot of people who purposely get into interracial interracial relationships just to have mixed babies um you know and both of my parents are african-american so obviously you know i am 100 percent, and you, you can't say 100 percent because there's as somewhere in ain't there, none of us 100 percent. yeah so mm-hmm. i mean that that's not what that's about like you you don't know what the dynamics of that relationship is or whatever but there were people who were mixed in the group that were then offended by it and it's just like well don't be offended and you need to and i'm like no be offended because it's disrespectful like what was the purpose of doing this mm-hmm. and you're pretty much this is a group where I'm assuming, you know, everybody in the group was black. But if this is supposed to be a group for black people, why are you making it so black people can't be in it based off yeah. of what they do? And then you have women who are in there like, no, um, black love, black love. And, you know, if you don't invite them in, I'm leaving this group. And I'm just like, this is supposed to be about business. And so, yeah, I got blocked from said group back in um, June. I was salty about it. And the only reason why I was salty about it is because there was a product I wanted to buy and I was waiting for my paycheck because I made a commitment every pay period, I'm going to patron at least one to two black businesses, either Mm -hmm. a black business or a small business or both. So um, I was waiting and there was, I don't even remember the name of the company now. And that's what made me mad because I wanted to buy something from the company and they were in that group. And I didn't get the name of it of the company. I didn't get the website. I just knew I could find them in that group. And because I got blocked, I couldn't, you know, patron their business. I ended up yeah. patroning somebody else's business. So, I mean, for anybody that's listening that thinks, you know, I'm being bitter, I was bitter because I was there to support black businesses and I got blocked. But the because, you know, one door closes, there's been other ones that have opened where trying to plug into community, you know, there I've you know, found uh, small businesses or Black-owned businesses within the area. There's a Black-owned beauty supply store that I go to. I actually just pick some stuff up. So the one that I used to go to is, um, they're owned by agents. I don't know which group exactly. <laughs> um, but I used to go there and now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the Black-owned one and I'm going to make sure I keep going to her because she's been open for a year. And the customer service, like they open the door for you. They ask you what you need. Like, you know how sometimes you go into businesses and they'll follow you around? No, it's, excuse me, ma'am. Did you need help with something? Oh, ma'am, I can take this to the front for you. Would you like for me to do this for you? Like, bag myself walk around the counter to hand it to me not hand it to me over the counter but walk around the counter to hand it to me so she is going above and beyond to make sure her customer service is great sometimes she'll throw like a little freebies and i don't need the freebies but they're appreciated um so i've joined at least in between i think six maybe about six eight groups where it's black owned 
you know, just because of my experience with that, I'm like, okay, well, going forward, let me just look. Now, granted, of course, I have to screen the businesses that I try to preach in because yeah. you do have a lot of people and, and they tell on themselves all the time, I'm tired of everybody trying to be a logo designer. Not that there aren't real ones out there, but let's say somebody was like, you, I put a post in one group when I was like, I'm looking for a fitness trainer. Why are you trying to get me to get a logo design? Oh, would you like a logo design? I'm like, does that logo Whoa. come with a fitness trainer? Like, yeah, yeah that's, like, that's wild. Tell it on yourself. Um, that's wild. So I definitely, you know, look, if you don't have a website, I'm, I'm already like suspect. Yep. Um, about it. But I, you know, try to do the background because there are people regardless of skin tone that are scammers. So you do have to be careful. But I mean, that experience, um, now, I could have been closed-minded and be like, you know what? This is the reason why I don't support Black people and blah, 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 blah. I don't want to do that. That that was just that particular person. And, you know, God bless her and that group. And I'm just assuming the person was a woman because I, I can't imagine a man really being going as far as to going your profile, taking a picture. And then yeah. another. Yeah. Like, but that's yeah. just like my own bias or just me knowing women because I am a woman. But to go further into it, do you think that it's an obligation to support Black businesses in a way, or is it normal um, for you, um, uh, you personally, is it normal for you to uh, support Black businesses, or do you almost feel like an obligation to do so? Um, I think it's both. Uh, it's normal for me because of my mindset and all of those things. It's It'd be hypocritical that I'm a Black business owner and I just really you know, just say, oh, no, black businesses, I shop where I can get what I want or, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's normal because, you know, I, I just, I'm all for black people winning. Like Issa Rae said, I'm rooting for everybody black, right? So it's normal in that aspect, but it's also an obligation because, you know, again, because of my mindset, if I want black communities to be self-sustaining, even if it's not achieved during my lifetime, but just in the future, I have to lay the foundation and therefore I have to uh, support black businesses. I have to partner with black businesses. I have to do everything black as much as I possibly can. And, and I understand it's going to be situations where you're not always going to get something from a black business. It's just reality. Right. Um, I shop at Amazon. Um, Jeff Bezos is worth 200 billion. He don't need my money, but I still shop at Amazon. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie and say I don't, um, but try to be intentional with supporting black owned businesses. So I think it is an obligation and it's normal for me. And for others, I do believe it should be an obligation as well to a degree if you care about the betterment of the black community. Um, money doesn't solve everything. Money doesn't erase racism. Money doesn't, you know, take away depression and all of those things. No, it does not. But money is a very powerful tool that we can use to leverage other things. Um, again, money isn't going to erase racism, but money can support political candidates to get into positions of power to pass legislation to curb racism. Um, so I, I really think if you really care about the betterment of the black community, you should have some sort of obligation to buy black whenever you can. Yeah, that is uh, very much so true for me. It started because it wasn't already normal for me. Um, I've made it a point to try to do it, but it was almost like, and this is like mainly just me 
because I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself. I'm like, okay, Brooke, um, you know, you about to get paid. What business are you about to buy from? Oh, I'm about from this business. I'm about from this business. And it's like, I can't go broke trying to make yeah. sure I support other people. So I was like buying a lot of things and I'm like, you need to buy things that are, that you are going to need versus just let me just buy from you just because you black, because I don't want the pity but I don't want it to seem like it's a pity buy, like I'm only buying from you because you're black. No, I'm buying from you. And I want it to be a point um, to where I'm like, I'm buying from you um, because I think that your product is great because I think right. that your service is good. Absolutely. Um, and I was almost thinking like when I would make my videos, black is my buys, because I feel like, uh, you know, it is important to me to support black businesses and also to promote them. But at the same time, like, you know, Granted, everything has happened with this pandemic. Small businesses have closed tremendously. So yep. in order to boost the economy, you know, you have to support small businesses. Yep. So I'm like, okay, um, there's a small business downtown Aurora where I live. I'm buying soap from them. So going forward, I'm not buying soap from uh, department stores anymore. I'm going straight to them. And plus, I feel like the soap that I've been buying, there's more love in it versus when it's mass produced and they put like crap in it and my skin dries out and all that. But I'm like, this is one way where I'm going to consistently go to this small business for this, or I'm going to eat out at this small business, not the chains, but let me find, you know, some mom and pop shop. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm going to try to do that without breaking my bank account at the same time. So it's important for me um, to do both, but it was almost like, I'm like, okay, I feel like it's an obligation, but it's almost like at the same time when you feel obligated to do something, you don't want to do it. So I want it to be where it's more normalized uh, to where like, okay, I'm going to um, buy from this person, you know, make it more normal for me to where I, I don't feel like there's a pressure on me to automatically do it each time or pressure just on anybody because mm -hmm. we do press, like there is that pressure where we be like, you know, black this and black that and black this and black yeah. that. Yeah. Um, to constantly like you must do this and this is for this and this is for this and it it just becomes like too much at times and so to like level it out like how do we normalize it how do we get to a point where we're not feeling pressured to do it but i mean you see other ethnicities and i see my friend like you know i hang out with one of my mexican friends and this person does this this person does that she has a beauty salon she got somebody that she knew to paint um, her salon. This person is solid this for her. And they all look like her. And I'm like, okay, but do we do that? Like, how do we make it normal within our community in order to um, continue to do it? Is uh, I my question and, you know, trying to understand better. Yeah, like, uh, just for clarification for your listeners, when I say obligation personally, pressure isn't involved the way I see it. Because I agree with you. A lot of people do feel pressured that they got to do this to do that. Like, you know, if you can get a product or a service and if, you know, the customer service is great and if the price is within your budget and it's not a black owned business, I'm all for you doing that. You should. Right. Because we all got bills to pay. We all still got lives. Economically, if it makes sense for you, you need to do what makes sense for you and what's best in your situation. Um, personally, when I say obligation, I mean, we still have to be intentional with supporting black businesses when we can, though. You know, um, still have to be intentional that, you know, I'm still going to give my money to a black business in some type of scenario for something. You know, uh, it might not always be a black business with everything you do, because the reality is we don't have 
a wide range of networks of businesses and multiple industries to where we can do that at this point right now. I mean, even though it's 2020, we still, we're still not there yet, you know? Um, so how we normalize it is, you know, we, we build a network, you know, and you, you build that network around what you do within your career or your profession. So I have a black logo designer. Um, I have a black book editor. Um, whenever I freelance to other videographers and photographers is to black videographers and photographers that I've worked with in the past that do great work. So now I'm building that network around the things I do. So when someone needs a logo design, boom, I'm sending them to the guy who does my logos. When someone who needs an extra photographer, videographer, boom, I'm sending them to this black videographer and black video photographer. If someone needs a black book editor, I'm sending them to the black woman that edits my book. Well, and that's I'm how it grows. information because I actually, um, I, I want to write books. So I, I didn't yeah. know where to find a black book editor. So I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need that information, but keep going. Yeah. 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 So I think that's how you begin to normalize it. You, you build that network and that nucleus around what you do, because now it's normal for you to go to them for those services or products and you start to refer people to them. And now that network is going to grow and grow and it's, that's how you normalize it. But it's a, we have to understand it's a long process. It's a slow process and it's not going to be overnight. It might not even happen while we're alive. Like I, I tell people that all the time, like, you know, Dr. King, Malcolm X, all of them, they died. Fred Hampton, they died not seeing the fruits of their labor. You know, it's 2020. We're still dealing with the same things they was dealing with then. So we have to understand that everything we're doing is really the foundation. You know, normalizing buying black is really just the foundation for generations that aren't even born yet. But it, it takes a lot of uh, introspection and, you know, to get to that point. Because a lot of us, we operate with a me mentality instead of a we mentality. You know, that's one reason why black businesses struggle. We say black businesses have poor customer service, but we never talk about how customers have poor attitudes, right? It's a two-way street. So until everybody has that we mentality and until everybody gets more patience, gets more grace, I don't think we're ever going to really have a self-sustaining black community because that's really what the whole purpose of supporting black businesses is for, right? To have self-sustaining black communities. I don't think we're going to get there until we have a majority of people that operate with the weed mentality. And I don't think that's going to happen until we're long gone. And I'm not trying to be morbid or negative. I'm just being realistic. I'm saying it's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Okay. Um, so something that you mentioned was actually a question I was going to ask. Um, oh, my bad. Type of, oh, no, 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 no. You're, you're good. I'm glad that you actually mentioned it because it made me, uh, it reminded me of the question. So um, I'll use the pop-up shop, for example. When I went, the businesses that I saw were almost repetitive um, yeah. in a way. It seems like, and it wasn't, you know, um, and not to take away from anybody's business at all. Like I don't have a business. So don't take everything that I'm saying to heart for anybody who's listening. But I feel like I'm seeing it's a lot of people who either sell lip gloss, lashes, weaves, body butter, and candles. Mm -hmm. um, and granted, you know, women gonna let it weave everybody across the board. 
well, not everybody, but a lot of women across the board love wearing lashes. Of course, you know, you got to have your lip gloss popping. You know, it, we dry out here. It's it's wintertime. My skin, my skin is sensitive. I need body butter. Certain brands don't work for me anymore. I don't know why, but I guess the body changes the older you get. So, I mean, these are products that people are going to need. However, I want to see more. And I don't know where I need to go in order to see more businesses. But mm-hmm. while the Facebook groups that I've joined, I'm just seeing a lot of it's body butter or a lot of clothing lines are either like body kind dresses. And there are certain women that like that, but I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. There's the the clothes that aren't like, you know, a size too small that your little sister's supposed to be wearing versus you. You know, what other types of businesses are out there? Because I think at the pop-up shop that I went to, you have two people, two businesses that were candles, granted. Um, whatever uh-huh. that you create, you have to do it. Of course, you're not going to do it the exact same way because one of them, the names of the candles were culturally uh, relevant. Like it was named somebody's son. <laughs> uh-huh. I sent it to somebody and they didn't wow. get it. I was like, you don't see the memes, like somebody's son. And it really did smell like somebody's son, though. It reminded me of a uh, wow. deodorant. Like, you know, imagine getting fresh out the shower, you put your deodorant on and you just have like that natural scent going on. Like, that's how it smelled to me. And then the other business, it was like candles where you light it. Um, she was like, yeah, you could pour it into your hand and rub it on your body. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely buying from you. But at the same uh-huh. time, I don't want to continue to like with supporting black businesses, I don't want to keep buying the exact same product. And especially if you already find something that you like, like this girl I went to high school with came out with a natural skincare line. There are products that I like from her that I don't really feel the need to try from other people because I already found somebody that I like. So yeah. how do you find, um, you know, different types of businesses where people aren't always um, doing the same thing. Like, where do you go? Like, where do you personally go? I mean, you did say that you have like your network, but do you ever go online? Like, are you like me and you're in these Facebook groups or what is it? Because I really just want to see Black people just branch out and do more than, and I don't want to use basic as the word, but doing like the same things. No, I got you. I understand what you're getting at because I, I had sent I had sentiments like that before myself. Um, I think one reason is because the barriers to entry are so low, um, and we also have to realize that a lot of these people really aren't businesses. And I'm not saying it to shade anybody. I'm just saying it to be honest. A lot of people find a gimmick, they do it, and it phases out. True businesses are the ones who stay consistent and stay persistent and continue on the path. You know, um, they don't just do something for like six months and then it stops. So I just had to make that known. But I think, yeah, Facebook groups has been very huge for me. I'm in about three or four black owned Facebook groups. Um, That's huge. It's organizations in different cities like... um, you got Black Chambers of Commerce in Chicago. You have the Black Mall. They have a listing of a lot of Black businesses in a wide range of industries. Um, you have publications like Black Enterprise uh, that's still go- that's still in circulation. So these are just some sources that you can definitely find Black-owned businesses uh, in many different industries and categories in your neighborhoods or your cities. They are out there. It's just hard to find them. 
you know, um, and it's hard to find them because again, we just don't have that infrastructure. We don't have that infrastructure yet. Uh, we're getting there, but we don't have that national infrastructure. You know, yeah, you can Google black owned this and that, but sometimes a place might pop up 30 miles away, you know? Um, so I think social media is definitely huge. You can hashtag almost anything, black architects, black plumbers, you know, click on that. Something's going to pop up because it's a large world. It's a small world, but it's a large world. So Facebook, like I said, black enterprise, things like that. Those have been great sources for me personally. We're finding black owned businesses and multiple different categories. Okay. Okay. I'm like, I had to go to a black business owner to like really get these because <laughs> I've had these questions yeah. for a while. And I'm like, I do not know who to talk about this with because I was talking with my mom about it. We went to a restaurant out here um, a little while ago and the restaurant was actually used to be a black owned club. But, uh-huh. um, you know, it didn't do so well. So it ended up getting bought out and the restaurant like the place is now a restaurant that's actually family owned and um i'm looking my mom is like you know how do we can't do that in a black community and i was like a lot of times it's because you don't trust people or you yeah. can't trust people and it goes back to your point of saying how um it's a lot of thinking of i versus we and if we can start thinking like we then we could do more because yep. again like i don't know a lot of um black owned restaurants. I went to one, surprisingly, uh, my, uh, what was it? My birthday weekend. I went to a black, um, why am I stuttering so much? Now I got to edit this out. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a black masseuse and, um, after I was leaving, I was hungry and I'm like, man, I got to go get food before I do some things. And I just so happened to look across the street and the glass panel said sandwiches, smoothies, salads, wraps and then the sa- there was a sandwich and it said let me get on the mm-hmm. name of this place is called let me get on <laughs> and i'm like i wow. know they gotta be black owned and i walked they definitely black. <laughs> they, yeah. they are oh my gosh let me to tell you and I mean, granted, a lot of times, like, you know, with our businesses, we try to appease to a lot of people, but, you know, even to appeasing to our own culture, because uh, I wish I had the menu on me, but what I ordered that day was, uh, it's a smoothie called a lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of this, a lot of that. Mm. Yeah, that's catchy. called the R and beef, um, something called a delicious mess. And, <laughs> and mm. it's, I mean... All of their names were culturally relevant. Somebody tried to tell me like, oh, that is ghetto. And I was like, first of all, you mean to tell me you've never gone to a restaurant and walked in? It was like, you know what? Let me get um. Yeah, we do that all the time. And she was just like, and I'm like, okay, gotcha. Because don't sit up there and talk about something ghetto. Like, no, it's not ghetto. It's culturally relevant. And it just may not be relevant to you, but it definitely is for me. And so it's like, okay, I, someone, you know, pointed out to me, was just like, do you review, um, you know, black restaurants? And I was like, man, I need to find some. And I tried to find one in Chicago and I'm pissed because of the mandate where you can't dine into restaurants anymore. So, you know, my little re- reservation got canceled or whatever for tomorrow. And I was highly upset about that. But I mean, yeah, hopefully this pandemic, you know, can get better so businesses can 
get back off their feet and just also so you know our people can like really just get out there and strive because i mean at the pop-up shop when i went i'm talking to people and i'm like you know when did you start this oh you know quarantine i ain't had nothing to do so i started doing this and i was like that's dope i mean and i'm talking business cards logos websites like everything is just legit and i'm like i love this and you just started doing it and you're doing it and that's honestly like it inspires me like that initial facebook group that i was in that i got blocked from actually inspired me to want to have my own business and so like you know it's unfortunate that um I mean, I actually started making videos like from the things that I was I was buying from that group, but that's what sparked it before I got blocked. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful though. Um, that you got that motivation. And as far as black restaurants, uh, follow Black People Eats on Instagram. He goes around the country. He's actually based out of Chicago too, but he goes around the country basically to black owned restaurants. Um, so that's a good source for you and your listeners as well. Black people eats on Instagram. As I pull up my phone to find this black, oh, I just found it. Oh, they certified. Hey, yeah, hey. yep. So I like this. Okay, so I just followed, and let me just keep looking because I, I mean, granted, I I want to start my own business, but right now it's just like the groundwork for it. Um, right, so right now, just I I have one day a week where I work on it and just really trying to. I'm honing in on it, not overload myself because I can really like if I try to do too many things, I burn out quickly. But I appreciate you coming on my podcast, like for real, and taking the time out. Uh, no problem. I mean, you know, you do you motivate people, and I know that you know sometimes we may feel like small and thinking like you know we're we're doing something but not a lot. But I feel like you are doing a lot because there are days where I'm just like feeling negative, and I turn on your podcast, and I'm like, okay. Where's my Wednesday motivation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where I appreciate I'm, that. I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, um, definitely keep the content coming. Is educational, like for real. It's definitely helpful. I learned a lot of things from your podcast, actually. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate uh, you inviting me on your podcast. Like I really do. Um, you know, I like your content as well. I love the fact that you're consistent. You know, like I always say, you can always tell the real from the fake and anything based off consistency. You know, that don't mean it got to be every day, every week, but are you consistent over a long period of time? And that's how you can tell the real from the fake anything when it comes to entrepreneurship, podcasting, whatever it is, you know. So, again, thank you for uh, having me. I appreciate this. And I'm going to tell the people where they can find you on social media. I'm definitely going to link your information um, mm-hmm. You know, in case anybody needs to get their photos, check out your website, see type of work that you do, because you're in the Chicagoland area. I don't know if you're willing to travel out of state or nothing like that. But yeah, but... all the time. Yeah, yeah, we, we travel out of state all the time. Okay, cool. Yep. See, so y'all be mm-hmm. flexible. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, um, yep. where can people find you on social media? So Instagram handles is my true photo and mogul motivation underscore. That's where you can find um, my business handles on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's simply True Photo. You type in True Photo and it should pop up. Website is www.mytruephoto.com. And the website for my books and podcasts is www.truestoriesmedia.com.
Okay, I'm gonna have everything linked so people can check your stuff out. I cannot Perfect. wait to read 100 deposits, and I also have to read board games. So I might just wait until board games two comes out. That yeah, way, you might I, as well. I might yep. as well, so I can hit that back to back because I love like having books hit back to back. That way, I'm like I'm impatient. So I like being able to go and binge on things because it's like, I want more, I want more. And I'm probably going to bug you about a board games three and two ain't even hit yet, but that's neither here nor there. What <laughs> 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 question. How do you live in a moment? Um, I try to remind myself that this moment won't be forever and tomorrow ain't promised. So I try to just take advantage and be intentional with, everything I'm going through in a moment. You know, my girlfriend actually tells me that, you know, she says be in the moment. You know, she says that a lot of times because she knows when I start to drift and think about other stuff, you know, business and X, Y, and Z. So I live in a moment by appreciating what's happening in the moment. And what way do you like appreciate things? Like, do you really just take the time out to be more mindful and more present or? Yeah. Yeah, more mindful, more present, thankful for what you have. Like, you know, so many things living in America, you know, um, you were in the Peace Corps, so I'm sure you've seen things like we're so spoiled in America. You know, we take so many things for granted. Oh, so like for it changed my yeah, ways of yeah, thinking so, for real. Yeah, so that's that's really that's really um one way I try to do it, like being grateful for, you know, having food on the table, being grateful for the ability to you know, buy necessities or, you know, just things like that to have a roof over your head. So, you know, um, having your loved ones alive, you know, those things that we take for granted so much in America, you know, I try to be cognizant that I have these things and life really isn't as bad as I'm trying to tell myself it is. Man, that's, that's really real. That is so real. Life really isn't as bad because, I mean, right now we're just going through a tough storm, but the sun yep. will come out at some point and we just have to wait for the rays, but appreciate the gray skies while they're here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> On that note, for like the umpteen time, thank you again for coming on my podcast. I appreciate you and uh, I hope that uh, you enjoy your weekend. Happy Halloween. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend too. Happy Halloween, everyone. Okay, so that was my interview with Twiz. I had a lot of fun doing it, so I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you're needing a photographer for your wedding or party or whatever it is that you have going on, definitely hit him up. His information is in the description box below. Also, if you are a bookworm like me, definitely check out his books on Amazon. His books are called 100 Deposits, and there's also Board Games. Board Games 2 will be here soon so definitely check it out i'll talk to you guys on the next episode bye if you like this podcast please subscribe and leave a review you can find me on spotify stitcher itunes iHeartRadio, and google podcast also follow me on instagram the podcast page is litm dot p-o-d-c-a-s-t or follow my personal account which is brooklyn underscore done that's b-r-o-o-k-l-y-n underscore d-u-n so follow me and remember be you living your truth and most importantly live in a moment